With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Aussies only. Thanks to GLG Green Life Group. Leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. Hello everyone and welcome to Aussies Only. Darren Parkin is my name. You'd be familiar with uh, Jed Setzer and, and uh, Brett Phillips uh, hosting this uh, segment over the last couple of years. I'll be taking the reins going forward where we chat to Australian tennis names, be it current players, former players, administrators, umpires, coaches, etc. And tell the, the many and varied journeys through Australian tennis, uh, which is obviously uh, making the game so special. Obviously, the rise and the, and the challenges, the difficulties of things like the ITF tour, the difficulties of overcoming injuries and sort of funding your way, but also uh, stories of some of the triumphs and, and what makes it all worthwhile as well. We are joined uh, in Queensland by uh, Alicia Smith, a name would be familiar uh, to a lot of Australian tennis fans. And uh, Alicia, thank you for, for joining us. Thank you for having me. Nice to, to have you on for, for, for my first edition of, of this program <laughs> as well, but um, one that has obviously gone back over a, a couple of years. Now, I'm a country Victorian originally, but you're from, uh, from country New South Wales. Can you sort of take us through your background and, and I guess how you came to, uh, to pick up a racket for the first time? Yeah, so I was originally born in Tamworth in New South Wales, um, small country town. It's a lot bigger now, but uh, parents just put me into a holiday tennis camp um, every holidays pretty much. Uh, I started just doing holiday camps and then coaches there were like, I think she should start privates and group lessons. Um, and then pretty much from there, I just never left the racket. It was always in my hand. Uh, being from Tamworth, you, you might get the question a little bit. Are you into to country music and hats and banjos and stuff like that? Is there, is there any of that in the in the background? Yeah, I actually love country music. I can't really <laughs> sing or dance or anything like that, but um, not a lot of people like my music when they get in my car, that's for sure. <laughs> now, um, you mentioned that um, obviously going into the, the, the summer programming and, and, and did you, was it always from that point on where you thought, well, I'm going to take this as far as I possibly can? Were there other pursuits and then you realised you were good at tennis and thought, oh, hang on, there's a, there's a future in this somewhere? How did it come to, I guess, deciding that that was to be a career rather than, uh, I guess, something you love doing? Yeah, so I was actually a pretty good swimmer as well. Um, I represented New South Wales and Australia in swimming. Um, and at the age of 14, pretty much both coaches um, said to me, look, like it's time for you to make a decision. We can't really have you doing both. Like it just wasn't possible with training. Um, and to be honest, it was never really a question. I found swimming training really boring. I did like competing and swimming, but um, I chose tennis um, straight away. And then at the age of 15, I really wanted to do something with it and I knew I had a really good passion for it and I wanted to see where I could take myself with tennis. Um, 
So I pretty much just made a couple of phone calls to Brisbane academies myself. And then, yeah, one day just sat down with my parents and said I was moving to Queensland. <laughs> was there one moment in particular where you thought, oh, hang on a second, like whether you had a good win or a good result or a good week or a good month where you thought, no, there's there's something here potentially? Um, I don't think it was um, on the tennis court, to be honest, with like schooling and everything in Tamworth. Like I really was only happy when I was stepping on the tennis court training. Um, and I've always loved, you know, traveling and being on the tennis court. So I think it got to a stage um, in those early years of high school where I just really couldn't cope with what was going on in school with my getting bullying because I was overweight and all that sort of stuff and never really fitted in the groups with tennis in the country. So I pretty much just took a leap of faith and moved to the city. And obviously you're in Brisbane at the moment. So how long have you been there? And, and obviously you're, you're um, working with, uh, with Damon, as you said. Yeah, so I've actually been up here 10 years by myself, which is um very surprising to look back and think that I haven't really quit or gone back home. Um, it's a long time when you think about it. Um, it hasn't felt like a long time, but yeah, originally met Damon through Pure Tennis Academy um, and we made a connection there and really liked his tennis style of coaching. So um, I pretty much just followed him. Um, everywhere he kind of went and now I'm training out of Redline Tennis. So you would have been what 16 when you made the move up there is that about right? Yeah about right 15 and a half yeah. <laughs> um, and I guess how much of an eye-opener was that in terms of you know the the, the daunting world from being from the country and, and moving to the city I mean a lot of a lot of people have have done it but probably not that young. Yeah I um I actually don't think I thought too much of it um, which thinking back now, I don't know <laughs> if it was a good thing or a bad thing. Um, I think it really all hit me when my mum drove back to Tamworth and I was pretty much by myself from that point. And yeah, everything kind of just hit me in the face. But um, for some reason, I just, I don't know, I got back up and I just kept training and kept believing that, you know, tennis was my passion. And um, it's really something that I wanted to do. I did it through schooling. I finished year 11, 12 up here and also played juniors. So, um, yeah, I just would never look back. I would never change what I've done. Um, it hasn't been the easiest journeys, but nobody's really is. We always have our unique stories. So, um, I guess mine's just a little bit different in my own way. Yeah, there are landmarks, obviously, that we'll speak about the Australian Open doubles appearance in 2017, first ITF title, which was, I'd imagine, almost a year ago today or thereabouts. But as we speak to you at the moment, you're recovering from a, a leg injury. Can you tell us sort of how that came about and, and maybe how far off you are at this point? Um, yeah, so long story short, I was just playing a money tournament in Caloundra, just hoping to pick up money because finance has always been the hard thing for me in my career. Um, I had a fall there and um, went and got an MRI done straight away and it got misdiagnosed. Um, they told me it was bone bruising that could be managed through recovery and rehab. Damon, my coach at the time, went overseas um, with one of his juniors, so I was kind of managing that on my own. Um, I played on it for eight and a half weeks and then it wasn't getting better. I actually made another final in a money tournament and then a quarterfinals in Caloundra in the ITF. And I just said to Dame, I said, I'm in agony, like something's not right. Um, and then we went and got a second MRI and yeah, it just showed that was there was a stress fracture in the tibia. 
And that's been about 16 weeks ago. So I have only just started running this week very gently. So I reckon I'm still about three to five weeks away from competing. Have you mapped it out yet? Like, have you guys looked at the, the schedule and thought, well, this is the tournament where I think I'll be back? Have you sort of got that far in the thinking? Um, yeah, I think it's been very difficult to think. Um, with this injury, I was on crutches for six weeks and a knee brace um, and obviously missing all the Aussies as well. Um, we are going to try and make an appearance in the 15 and 25K tournaments in New Zealand. Um, just to get some matches under my belt because as you said before I did win a title this time last year in Italy um, and I couldn't get my ranking frozen so I'll have a little bit of work to do to get back to that stage. You take us through that title obviously there's a lot of things to, to talk about you've played in five doubles finals and won a couple of those on the on the ITF tour but that singles breakthrough and is that a moment where you sort of think back over the journey and say, well, this is, you know, this is what we're starting to do. I'm lifting a trophy in a, in a beautiful part of the world. And, um, you know, I, I can feel that this is happening. Yeah, it was definitely unreal. Um, also unreal to have my coach there to experience mm -hmm. it because, you know, having a close team is always so important and being able to share that with him was special, but it's what, you know, you dream about doing It's You dream about winning titles and getting to another grand slam and, for me, as I said before, it's always been finance. So I took a leap of faith during COVID and worked my butt off with multiple jobs. And I started my own little business to save up so I could go overseas for longer. Um, and it really paid off being able to go over for four months at a time um, without worrying, you know, will I run, what, oh, sorry, run out of money um, and have to come home sooner? I really just planned, okay, I'm going for four months and let's see what happens. And the more I was on tour, the more I got addicted to it and I got confident in being in routine tournament after tournament. Um, and then Italy was actually the in Singras. So I was brought up in Singras with Tem uh, in Tamworth. So I just felt really at home. The conditions that first week just really suited me. Um, and every morning we were just kind of having fun before matches, talking you know, not about tennis and just really relaxing my mind and then just a couple of minutes before matches going through our goals. And it just, yeah, it all added up and it all worked and it was just unbelievable winning that final. Like, I was stoked. Going back to 2017, I think it was, we qualifying for the Australian Open doubles main draw. Um, just, I guess, explain to us, for those of us who will never get the chance to obviously play at, a, at an Australian Open or anything like that, what that experience is is like. It's not just a slam, but it's a home slam. And obviously, there's that crowd support that comes with it. And, you know, walking in those underground tunnels. I mean, a few of us have been able to do that in a media sense, but in a playing sense, can you, you sort of take us through what that experience was like? Yeah, I think, you know, winning the playoff with Destiny was unreal, especially because we were down in that match. Um, and then receiving the wild card and knowing that you're going, there was just so many emotions going. This is everything that you work for. Um, you work so hard, you sacrifice so much, and everybody does. But when you get to compete in your home Grand Slam and you walk out on court, I honestly don't think I felt my body that match. Like everybody yelling, Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi. Like I was just on another like cloud. Like I was like, this is incredible. Um, we actually played quite well. Um, and it was one of those moments where it was over and I was like, can I just 
press the rewind button and like do it all again because um yeah you watch that on telly going that's what I want to do that's where I want to be um and it was where I want to be I think I went there about four days earlier because my coach knew how excited I was going to be seeing Mm -hmm. all the famous people and he was like that's like your environment and I was like no that's like Andy Murray like that's Rafa like (laughs) no like this is insane like I actually couldn't concentrate for the first couple of days so it was unreal and I think I will never forget that but it's also just motivated me to do it again and I actually would love to do it in singles and have that opportunity to do it just me and me alone and going you've actually been able to achieve your dream does it make you sort of think when you you look back at that that you know there are times where you know you're injured or there's a grind or I'm on the other side of the world and things like that but I was actually there and and it's not actually that far away like on one hand it is but on one hand it isn't where it's like well I'm playing here but if it's x y and z I know the boxes I have to tick to get there and uh, it can actually be done you can start to share rooms with with those sorts of people yeah, I think I'm a big believer is anything you put your mind to will happen and everybody's got their own journey. And, of course, if I had more funding or something behind me, I'd never know if I'd be in the position I am today. But my journey is my journey. And, you know, the argument is I might be too old. I'm getting too old. But that's never going to stop me. I will keep working. And if I have to keep working for a couple more years so I can get myself on the road for longer I truly believe that I can still make top 100 um, in singles Um, and I think you only have one life literally Um, and I'm going to do everything I can to achieve that like goal and if I do fantastic and if I don't then I've had an incredible life and I will live with no regrets. And that's fantastic uh, to, to hear. I want to chat about that to a life in a moment. But do you look at somebody like, I know she's injured again at the moment, but, but Dasha Savalu unfortunately did the ACL a couple of weeks ago. But she started last year, I think, ranked 618 in the world or thereabouts and got herself into the top 50 before getting injured. And that was in the space of 10 or 11 months. So, so do you look at something like that and think, well, you know, my, my peak ranking has been around about that mark as well, that, that if you do get on a roll uh, because of the amount of points you get access to, um, that, that things can change quickly? Absolutely. And I think if you can find a way in your individual journey of how to stay on the tour for longer, um, you give yourself that opportunity to get those points and as you say it takes a couple of tournaments to change things and when you have a couple of good tournaments and a good run your ranking moves you don't know if sponsors will jump on board you'll have more opportunities to get into bigger tournaments so nothing's too far out of what I believe I can achieve it's just as I said before I might have to do it a little bit different to others and I might have to work as a tennis coach and get a second job like I have for the last four to five years to be able to do that. Just on that as well, and I think that's something that, you know, we often see players that that bring their entourage and things like that. I remember Madison English's press conference when she won two matches at the Australian Open last year. She was asked the question, what what does this mean to you financially? And she said, it means my physio can travel with me all year. It means my coach can travel with me all year. That's never happened before. Um, Can can you take us through, I guess, the difficulties of, you know, not not travelling with with a team of 14 or 15, like like obviously some players do, and and trying to juggle okay I've, I've got to work this day and this time to you know eat and, and put money on the in the bank and then 
mean I've got to train and try to win tournaments. Can you sort of talk us through that? Yeah, it definitely makes a difference. Like my last tour where I won the title over in Italy, like I saved up where I could take my coach full time for the four months. And as you could see by the result, it does make a difference. Now, is that possible every time? Not realistic for me. Some it is, and you can see the difference that that can make for others. Um, and it's always difficult to manage the balance. Like at the moment, I'm working seven days a week um, plus my training. So I think you said is eight o'clock okay for you <laughs> to do this interview? And I was like, yeah, because I probably go to bed straight after. <laughs> um, yeah. So it it definitely makes a difference. And just having more team there, like it doesn't have to be like the top 10 have it, but even just having a simple like your coach there, he can do little things like go and book the courts or go and organize practice, um, go and watch your opponents where you could be doing rehab instead of trying to do every 1% of yourself. And that over time does take a toll on you and your body. Um, and they're always there to help you book flights and accommodation and everything. So it does, it does help. And I was very grateful last year to have Damon there for four months, especially with the difficulty of coming back to Australia through COVID. Really enjoyed that. And that's what I'm trying to strive for again, is to get him on the road more for longer periods of time, as well as myself to compete. Yeah. And obviously having people like that, as you say, you might start off worrying about 10 things at a time and then it becomes six. And obviously, ideally, you want it to just be one. Um, what's my yep. next match, my time and all of that sort of stuff, um, which would be the, uh, the the ultimate aim in in, in all of that. <clears throat> a few more bef before we, um, we we let you go on, on that space. Does the tour do enough in, in that sense for the, the ITF and the, all the non, say, top 200, top 300 ranked players? It's often been discussed about you know, the points that are on offer and the, the protection. You spoke about your injury before we were on the up and then you couldn't get the ranking frozen. Is the support yep. where it needs to be? Um, I think there could definitely be more support. Um, there's so many different opinions of how that support could be, you know, added to benefit us and to help us through um, a little thing like a protected ranking, like, through an injury no matter what your ranking was because I just fell out of the ranking um, criteria that I could have had a frozen ranking um, would have definitely helped and just probably eased my mind because this week as you said is where I won the title at Italy so my mind's already stressing about well you're going to lose those points what's the ranking going to go to um, I think they have helped with the UTR um, pro events just in the sense that there is decent money in there for you to kind of like overseas go and do a UTR event, then go to an ITF. I think Tennis Australia could definitely put more of those on for us weekly. Like we have so many beautiful facilities here and we have like the Grand Slam in Melbourne and all that. I think we can definitely have you know, more ITFs here in our hometown to save us a ton of money um, traveling overseas. I think that would be a great help. Um, and then looking at the ITFs, like, point system, just those lower ones, like, I don't know if there could be an increase, but my title I won in Italy last year, I think for winning I won 10 points. So you look at that compared to a 60K where I think you win one or two rounds and you're already getting that. I'm pretty sure it's one round you get nine points for winning in a 60. So it's a big difference in, you know, tournaments.
What's your relationship like, I guess, with, with other players? I've mentioned a couple that you've beaten in the past, like Madison Inglis and and the like. Um, you look at someone like Kim Birrell, who had a shocking injury run, but is on the verge of, I think, cracking the top 150. Jamie Fullis didn't play a major for about five years and then was able to get through to that level coming off injuries. Uh, there'd be a lot of players, I imagine, in a similar position to you. Do you sort of feed off each other? And, you know, when, when you do cross paths, uh, there's that almost that mutual understanding that, you know, we, we might not be doing it as easy as others, but we've, um, you know, we've got each other's back sort of thing. Yeah, I think there's definitely some like groups and some clicks that you you always kind of feed off and go to them for support. Um, I have some really close friends on the tour that help me on and off the court. And I think that's really important in tennis and in life. Um, I've always been the one that's wanted the best for anybody, whether they're my ranking or above. Um, and I think that's really important, you know, as as tennis in Australia and also just as a person, that's who I want to be. Like there's no envy or there's no jealousy. If they're doing well, then good on them. And especially players like Kim, like I think she said recently after winning a title, I'm pretty sure she didn't even know if she could return. Um, and I think that's, you know, incredible that she's returned and now she's nearly back inside her her best ranking. So good on her for not giving up. And I think it shows that tennis players and athletes, like we're pretty stubborn in that sense that we probably should give it away or go and look at another option, but we just refuse to and we keep working hard. And, um, yeah, as you said, you never know what could happen if you just keep going forward. Now, obviously, you're working very hard, A, with work and with tennis, but what are some of your other interests outside of the the sport? Are there things when you get some rare downtime that, that sort of occupy you? Um, not really. I have started my own business, but, like, that is also tennis-based. Um. <laughs> I do love tennis coaching and I do a lot of school coaching. So trying, trying to like just improve that kind of lesson plan so they can have fun and, you know, improve their skills is something that brings me joy in and actually doesn't feel too much like work when I go and coach them um, is great. And also like just spending time with family and friends while I'm here in Brisbane, especially at this point, because I've been home. So like for a long period of time, which is not normal, for tennis players that travel. Um, so that's really important just to try and go to those events that you'd normally miss or, you know, those birthdays and and that. So, yeah. And, and what's been – is that likely to be post-tennis life for you in terms of, you know, in 10 years' time, 12 years' time or whenever it happens to end, that you will dabble in that coaching? And I guess whilst on it, you can give that that's a, a bit of a plug if people want to uh, get up <laughs> your services. Yeah, so I, I always have an interest with tennis coaching. I've always talked to Damon about, you know, the possibilities of taking over Redline. I really believe in, you know, the beliefs of why he started Redline and um, I love Brisbane. So, you know, you never know what could happen. I might take over that. I might create my own. But um, I love tennis and I also like things like psychology as well. So maybe when I put my rackets down, I can take myself back to uni and, and obtain those skills and go through that path. But um, look, I'll I'll focus on my career now and keep working hard and who knows what the future will bring. And I guess just, just finally, it's obviously November 5 as we're speaking. If we use that as an anchor point, obviously a year ago you won a, a title, 12 months down the track you're injured, you, you get obviously a bit of a glimpse as to the highs and lows of sport and, and what it can do. If you were to, you know, have the ultimate dream, say 12 months 
from now and we, we spoke again, what would you like that to look like? What would be the ultimate aim, I guess, 12 months from now? Um, I would love to be able to go on tour more and not have to work as much as I can. Um, I think that is my biggest focus and my biggest um, dream right now is to keep working so I can give it a like real good crack and not be working how much hours I am right now and just going on tour full time. Um, I personally have never had that experience. It's always been patches where I've been on tour and had to come back to work. Um, so that really excites me and that's what drives me to keep going. I just really want that experience of playing 40 weeks of tournaments a year instead of probably 20. So 12 months time, that is where I'm aiming to be. Um, and hopefully all those long hours during seven days a week of working will pay off. The margins are very, very small at the, the highest level. It, it doesn't take, you know, a, a long run to get from, uh, you know, 600 to 300, 300 to 150, that type of thing and beyond. And we certainly wish you well. Your attitude is is outstanding. Uh, you've obviously been able to tick quite a few boxes along the way. Good luck with the recovery from, from injury and um, hopefully that uh, everything you are striving for does come in the, uh, in the not too distant future. Thanks for your time. Thank you for having me. That was Alicia Smith on this week's edition of Aussies Only. We'll have another in a couple of weeks. Thanks for tuning in. You can catch the full catalogue at thefirstserve.com.au. The First Serve is your home of tennis at thefirstserve.com.au. Log on to find out all the details of our live radio show, other podcasts, read weekly features by our team of writers, and follow us on social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, in it to win it. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free, and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.